New Mathers with my motherfuckers ass. You wanna know how to rhyme? You better learn how to add. It's mathematics. Mighty most definitely. It's simple mathematics. Check it out. I'm a ball around science. What are we talking about here? Peace. This is Rakeem Allah with Wise the Dome TV. And today I have my guest. Uh, he's an author, a thought provoker, personal trainer, the God Universal Adam. I appreciate you for coming on, G. Yes, sir. Peace. I appreciate you having me, God. No doubt, God. No doubt. So um, I asked everybody this. Um, what led you on your path to self-discovery and knowledge yourself? Like what got you, what got you on that journey? And honestly, it goes deep for me, G. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, when I was in high school, that's when I just kind of lost the knowledge of myself. That was mm. when I was like a savage in pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. I started hanging around the wrong crowds, man. And I was just motivated by a lot of the nonsense that was mm. out here. I was definitely 85. So what happened was um, when I graduated, like my senior year, I was going into college. Mm. And I just felt like I was behind mentally. Mm. I was like, man, I don't feel like I'm where I need to be on a mental level. So with that being said, um, I was going to a school, like an all white school, predominantly white college uh, to play mm. football. Okay. So I was like, look, I ain't about to go around these white folks <laughs> feeling behind mentally because mm. I already know how they view us. Right. So I was like, all right, I'm going to take it upon myself to do the knowledge, start doing some research before I go to the college. Mm. Um, so I started going to the local bookstore. It was Barnes and Noble at the time. It was right around the corner from my people's crib. Okay. So I went to the Barnes and Noble and I started buying books. So I started buying books that resonated with me. So, of course, I was in the African-American section, which was the smallest section. Right. Still is. <laughs> yeah. You know how they do us. Mm-hmm. So at that time, too, I was listening to a lot of different hip hop music. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me go back. Let me rewind. Um, mm-hmm. I was brought up like on West Coast music and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, right around 18, I started listening to more East Coast. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to like a lot of AZ, brand new, being poor, righteous teachers. And they was talking about some things that I hadn't heard mm. at that particular point in time. Mm. So lo and behold, I'm in the Barnes and Noble one day, few books that came to my eye. It was the, the autobiography of Malcolm X, cop that. Mm. Then I saw a book that said five percenters. I think, what, what's the brother name? Or not the brother name, what's his name? Michael uh, Knight. My, Michael Muhammad Knight. Yeah, that yeah. book mm-hmm. was in the, yeah, that book was in Barnes and Noble. So I saw it and it said mm. five percenters. And I remember the lyric from uh, Life's a Bitch by Nas and AZ. <laughs> mm. So I remember AZ mentioned it. So I was like, you know what? Let me grab this book. So right. I grabbed both of those books and I did the knowledge to both of those books. And then it was a wrap from there. Right. Right. You know, that's um, that's that's a, a powerful sentiment that, you know, like even um, and that's because like the show also has um, I have a lot of people that are in the hip hop um spaces and and ciphers you know and like that's just goes to show the power of music and the things that it can open you up to you know what i'm saying like like um it it exposes you to certain thoughts and ways of thinking that you might not have been exposed to before that's why i think you know it's powerful that well it's important that we start to get that balance back in the in the mainstream and um, and so, yeah, that's deep God. And so I was going to ask you, that was going to be my next question, like as far as some of the books that you read that actually, you know, had that impact on you. Um, you said Malcolm X. That was a hey, same for me. You know what I'm saying? When I read that, that's a life changer right there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what, like whenever you read that book, like what was like whenever you was done, like what was going through your mind, God? Man. It, honestly, I felt myself in that book because you know he started started off as Detroit Red. That's how yeah. I was feeling. Yeah. I was like, man, I was out here savage. Right, so right. That's really what led to my transformation because I was like, man, because I think what what it was in the book. They said he like memorized a dictionary or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. uh, when he was locked up. So mm-hmm. I was like, dang, if he can do this, then I can transform. Right. So man, I just saw myself in that story, and then that's what led to me. That's what led me to the message uh, to the black man by Elijah Muhammad right. and how to eat to live. So when right. I start, when I read about Malcolm X, that's what led me to Elijah Muhammad books. Right. And when I started reading the Elijah Muhammad books, it was really, it was really old. <laughs> right, right, most definitely it was really old. That, see, that's a that's a thing too, because a lot of people don't like they'll stop at the they'll stop at the autobiography of Malcolm X, but mm-hmm. if you keep going. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a whole new worldview. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't lying. And that's what 
that's when I became the black sheep officially of the family. When I started reading Elijah <laughs> Muhammad, everybody thought I was going crazy. Because so, I, I started spitting back what I was reading. And they was like, hold on, what you what you talking about? Because of course we come from I come from that Baptist background. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. so you know how that go for the fam, man. Everybody oh, yeah, was looking definitely. at me like, whoa, what is what you doing? What is you on? <laughs> right. Right. When when so whenever you um whenever you started, you know, getting knowledge yourself and was interested in, you know, studying more. Like were any of your did like any of your partners or people around you, uh, you know, kind of start doing the same thing, or did it take a while for people to kind of bear witness like the changes that you were going through? You know what's crazy about that guy? Um, the people that I was hanging around in high school, like I kind of had to distance myself from some of them initially. Mm. Um, but what happened was I came into like a whole new circle of uh, of partners at that mm. particular point of time. Mm. And they was inspired by what was inspiring me. So mm. we actually came into the culture at the same exact time. Mm. My enlightener, actually, it was uh, three of us at the same mm. exact time. And the two brothers, they actually was behind me. Mm. So it was like three of us. We was coming. In, no, it was four. Four of us came into the knowledge of self at the same exact time. Oh. I know my enlightener was loving that because we right, all right, right. yeah, we all came at the same mm -hmm. time, but I was the first one. So I was the first one getting that knowledge and I was putting them brothers on. And right. they was like, Man, what you what you reading and who you talking to, this, that, and the third, because I was the one reaching out. Mm -hmm. I got on Facebook and I was like, Hey, do we got any five percenters here in where I'm at, St. Louis? Right. And I, I got a brother, he was from New York, I believe. I'm still friends with him to this day, and he pointed me in the direction of my enlightener. So mm. I was the first one to like find them here right. amongst the young people, the young guys. Right. And from that point on, man, I just had that new circle of friends, that new cycle of uh, partners. Wow, man, that's and that's that's important too. Like whenever you are like getting knowledge yourself, um, to have people around you that are dealing in the same thing, because that's that's how you keep each other motivated. You keep each other sharp, and you know, if it's easy to kind of fall off on things whenever you're doing it, whenever you feel like you're doing everything by yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just start to doubt getting your head and, yep. you know, just kind of fall off with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So how is the cypher out there in uh, St. Louis, uh, Saudi? Yeah, Saudi, man. It, it, it's pretty peace, man. I Like I said, I met a lot of wonderful guys and earths out here, man. So it's a, it's a pretty peace uh, cypher for the most part. Small, you know, mm -hmm. of course, obviously. So a lot of us now, we just basically doing our own things. We really need to come back together and start building a lot more on an honest note. Right. We don't build as much as we actually should. Mm. A lot of, you know, some little things happen that cause a little disconnect. So I feel like we just need to come back. But see, that's on that's on me, though. That's on us. Yeah, that's yeah. on us. So that's, I got the power to do that because now I got like a facility and all of that to where I could bring people together. So it's really kind of on me at this point, right. at least amongst, you know, the younger guys. So. That's something that I feel like I'm going to probably start doing here in the future. Just go yeah. ahead and rally us back up because we was on the roll for a minute. Yeah, you know, I, I used to see video. reflections of y'all. And it was, I mean, beautiful pictures, God, and yeah. everybody was building and the babies and the sisters was coming sure. out and the brothers. And, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It was just look, real peace, God. Yeah, most definitely. Everybody here is peace, but we just got to come back together. We was doing our own things. You know how I go. Life yeah. getting away. Life, <laughs> man. It's yeah. life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I already know. Yeah. So whenever you started getting knowledge yourself, um how all right so and you said you read uh you read uh mess to the black man then you read eat to live is that what started you on you know the the living healthy um way of life uh reading eat to live yeah god uh it was three things it was mm -hmm. how to eat to live I watched the Slaughterhouse video on YouTube. Mm. Shouldn't have did that. And uh, Dead Prez, Be yeah. Healthy, that track right there. Yeah. Those yeah. three things changed my life. I think I dropped pork the moment I read How to Eat the Live. Wow. And I think I went vegetarian the moment I really actually listened to, start listening to like Dead Prez like that. Right. Yeah, and so when I dropped the pork, you know how that went. Everybody thought I went Muslim. Yeah, yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the first thing they think, dog. Huh? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. it's, it's funny because you know even in even the Bible tells uh, tells you not to eat pork, but that's what I used to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> you already know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, um, okay, so now uh, moving forward um, to you, like moving forward to like what you're doing now as far as in the uh, um, health and fitness uh, uh, spheres and everything. Mm -hmm. Being a vegan, um, is it important to supplement, right? And as far as, you know, 
vitamins and and things that you may be lacking or not getting from your diet? And if it is, like, what is the best way to kind of find out, like, what it is you actually need to supplement? Yes, sir. That's a very good question. I'm glad you asked that question because mm -hmm. I can clear up a lot of myths. Okay. To be honest, there is only really one vitamin that you actually have to supplement. And this goes for vegans, pescatarians, meat eaters, whatever you call yourself, depending on the climate in which you reside. And that's vitamin D. Mm. Vitamin D is the only vitamin that may be impossible to get via what you eat. Now, they mm. do put vitamin D in like fortified milks and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. That stuff may not be the healthiest. Right. So if you're truly trying to naturally get the vitamin D, if you're in a colder climate like where I'm at now, it's hard to get that natural sunlight to activate it. A lot of right. people think, say vitamin D is a hormone, however you view it. Right. But uh, sunlight is what activates it. So it's hard to get that sunlight if you're in a cold climate. Right. The only other vitamin that you may have to consider uh, supplementing if you're vegan is B12. But mm. you can get B12 from nutritional yeast. Mm. Other than that, you good. You can get everything via what you eat right. easily uh, by going vegan. So I, B12 and vitamin D, the only things I probably recommend supplement. Okay. So, so that's, yeah. thank you for clearing that up because I see a lot of, you know, I, I'm not sure if it's people trying to make a buck or, or, yeah. you know, but you see a lot of things that come out that say, Hey man, you know, uh, you're, you're more than likely lacking this. You're more than likely deficient in this. And if you are deficient in this, it's going to cause a lot of problems. And they kind of aim that at the, uh, the the demographic that is into eating healthy or eating vegan right because they yeah. because it's like a it's like they put a little bit of fear in you you know what i'm saying like if you're yeah. vegan you know what i mean you you probably you probably not as healthy as you think you are you know what i'm yeah. saying and it's crazy it's crazy that you mentioned that because for some reason when you say that you're going vegan vegetarian plant-based whatever label all of a sudden everybody around you becomes a nutritionist or a dietitian <laughs> or a personal trainer. So everybody right. now is knowledgeable when it comes to vitamins and minerals. So right. they concerned with, oh, you may not be getting enough calcium or mm. protein, mm -hmm. things like that. But then I could just turn it around and be like, all right, so are you getting a proper amount of zinc, vitamin C, mm. uh, the rest of the vitamin Bs, folate? Mm. I can start asking them questions like that. And they be looking at me like, man, what are you talking about? Right. You're getting the proper magnesium. And a lot of people don't be understanding the rest of the vitamins and minerals. They just ask me about like protein and things of that nature. You will have to literally starve yourself to become deficient in protein, no matter how you eat. It is so hard to lack. When was the last time you heard of somebody dying of protein deficiency? Never probably? gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Wow. Exactly. I, I never thought about it like that. But, you know, that is that is uh, definitely something that is out there. And, and that kind of leads into my next question. Um like being vegan and weight training, um, you know that there is a, uh, so you know, so you earlier, I'm gonna backtrack real quick. So earlier you said that you watched a documentary uh, or just saw a slaughterhouse on YouTube, right? Yeah. So you know how they have um, uh, on Netflix, a lot of documentaries on veganism, right? Then they also have um, a documentary, you know, on a pro meat documentary, right? Yeah. And, Right. And it, it seems like it's like the two industries are obviously fighting each other. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so um, I think it's kind of important to regardless if, if you are vegan or if you are a meat eater to take a lot of those uh, documentaries with a grain of salt because yeah. they seem like they all have an agenda to it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I was going to say one of the one of the things on the pro meat side is. If you are a vegan and you are weight training, um, that it's hard to get enough protein in order to gain and keep muscle mass. So, like, what's your thoughts on that? That's hilarious. I just tell people, honestly, when it comes to that, I just tell people to look at me, follow my Instagram. because <laughs> I'm showing and proving. I don't right. even really have to debate about it verbally. Mm. I'm showing and proving that that's a myth. Like, I literally haven't lost a step from eating meat to going vegan in regards to, like, the weight room haven't lost any size, haven't lost any mass. If anything, I've gained strength and right. I know how to easily put the mass on. Man, I got a book called Proteinaholic and it mm. lets you know that we overly obsessed with protein and then they tell you that more is not necessarily better. Mm. Actually, more protein is harming the kidneys. So that's why you see a lot of these bodybuilders, man, a lot of them, 
end up with a lot of health problems mm. because they overly consuming the protein. They overly obsessed with protein. We don't really need that much protein. And then we got protein pools within our body. So it's like we can actually uh, recycle a lot of the protein that we consume. So we don't need right. to be eating a lot of protein on a daily basis. Right. We actually don't need that much. So we, I'm at, I'll be actually good. I'll be grooving. God, I'll be seeing, I'll be seeing like some, uh, you know, fitness cats on YouTube and they'll show their daily routine, God. And I'm talking about breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They just piling on protein, piling on protein. And I'm like, man, you know, the average person ain't going to be able to do that. And don't need to do it. Right. That's why I don't even, like, I don't even drink any protein powders for that reason. It's wow. harming the kidney. It's mm. harming it. Man, if you, a hundred plus uh, grams of protein a day, man, that is destroying your kidneys. Dang. Destroying your kidneys. So, I think I seen um, on average, I think I can't, I think it's like within 45 to 55 grams of protein that we need on average. That's for the average sedentary human. So, of course, if you're working out, you may need about 65, 75, 80 grams. Right. Man, that's so easy to get. But mm -hmm. we tend to double that when we start lifting weight. Or we say that we need to double that when we start lifting weights and bodybuilding. Right. But they, like they say, more is not better. That's actually causing more harm than good. A lot of people don't be knowing that. So a lot of bodybuilder cats like end up having like issues with their kidneys, like kidney failure and shit like that, huh? Man, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, man, <laughs> I could find a lot of them. I could right. find a lot of them that they didn't have kidney problems and things of that nature, man. Because for one, they overworking themselves. They lifting way too much too often. They ain't valuing rest days. And then mm. they just overly consuming protein, mm. overly consuming protein. So that's a, that's, you kind of lead into something else I uh, want to build on. So you know, people that um, might be new to uh, working out and they, you know, they get kind of gung ho and, and, you know, because if it, it, it feels good mentally, you yeah. know, like whenever you work out, like you get that, you know, that dopamine and, you know, you start feeling good in the mind. Yeah. Um, but how important and like, why is it important to make sure that you have enough rest days and that you're actually getting good sleep at night? Man, God, it's like you touching on stuff that I was just talking about clients. And I was, Word, God. Just building, <laughs> I was just building on the importance of this because mm -hmm. um, that's the mistake that a lot of beginners make. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of beginners because, you know, we're in the microwave generation. So right. everybody wants results quick, fast. Mm -hmm. So they think, all right, I ain't never been working out before. So if I go to the gym seven days a week, that should expedite my results. Right. I got to tell those people, slow down. Mm. I said, when you work, when you working out, that's when you actually destroying the body. That's right. not when you achieving your results in your gains. Mm. You achieving the results in the gains when you rest. Mm. So rest is a little bit more important than actually working out. Right. So that's why I try to tell people you got to balance it out because you actually achieving your results and gains when you sleep, get the proper amount of sleep and you resting. Right. You destroying the muscle, you damaging the muscle, you stressing the muscle out when you lift it. Mm -hmm. So I got to I got to stress that a lot to beginners, man. Slow down. You don't need to be in here five days. I don't even work out five days a week. Right. Right. I don't wow. Do wow. Man, so I, I mean, hard five days. I go hard three days. Right. Really? Yeah, that's it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's it. So so on those rest days, are you um like when because, you know, like uh, people work out for different reasons, obviously yeah. some to lose weight, some to uh, gain muscle mass, some to get toned, lean. Uh -huh. You know, there's a lot of different things. But. Um, let's say you are uh, striving to gain muscle or you're getting toned, right? Um, on those rest days, what is your diet like? Are you consuming protein um, like you would whenever, whenever you are uh, on your on your workout days? Um, like, yeah. you know, what's your diet like on the off days? And see, the thing with uh, the thing with diet, I just tell everybody keep it simple, make it a lifestyle. So mm. I'm always, I'm pretty much eating the same, mm. and my diet don't really consist of a lot of protein. I'm carb-based, so I'm mm. consuming a lot of carbs. They didn't study the blue zones. They didn't study the healthiest populations on the planet, the people mm -hmm. that live 100 and beyond. Mm -hmm. All of their diets, carb-based. Wow. I'm talking about 75, 80%, 65% carb-based. You're not going to find a long-lived population where it revolves around protein. <laughs> I'm pressed to find that. So mm. I keep everything carb-based. I'm eating my fruits. I'm eating my veggies. I'm eating my... Uh, I try to kind of stay away from the grain. So I'm doing like quinoa, stuff like that. I don't really try to do too much rice and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And then I'm rocking like that. So I'm not really consuming a lot of protein intentionally. 
Yeah. I get my protein kind of like indirectly via the other foods, the plant-based foods that I consume. So I'm not going out of my way to make sure I'm consuming a lot of protein. Right. But I get it from all the other foods that I consume, though. What's, what's, what are some of the dangers uh, with the grains? Like what made you kind of limit limit the grains? Yeah. The, now, the brown rice, arsenic. It's mm. a lot of arsenic in the uh, in the brown rice and that just can cause a lot of issues internally with you. That's a toxic, that's a toxin, I should say. Uh, right. The white rice, we already know the sugar in the, right, in the white rice. So mm-hmm. that's leading you to diabetes and all that type of other stuff, man. So that's why I'm staying away from like the rice. So I try to just do quinoa or I do the cauliflower rice. Right, right. Brown rice got that ars- arsenic in it and I try to stay away from that. What about bread? Oh, uh, the bread, see now with the bread, depends on, like you said, depends on your goal and objective. So mm-hmm. if you striving to like bulk up, Put on a few pounds and you're trying to do it in a healthy manner try to put the muscle mass on then bread can be cool the whole mm-hmm. like ezekiel bread mm-hmm. things of that nature like the sprouted bread and all of that can be cool now right. if you're striving to lose weight mm-hmm. then you may want to limit or stay away mm-hmm. from the bread because right. we tend to overdo the bread so right. if you're striving to lose weight then i wouldn't recommend the bread i say kind of stay away from that bread but have like you, ezekiel bread is cool have you seen any of those uh <laughs> I, I think it's kind of a new thing bro but i i've seen um, a, a few people that are promoting like these, like all meat diets, you know what I'm saying? Like, like have you seen any of that go? <laughs> Man, like, uh, well, I don't know if I've seen all meat. I just been getting, I've been getting hit a lot with the keto, mm. but I don't know if I've seen an all meat yet. What are your thoughts on the keto diet? I, I can't stand it. <laughs> mm. Why is I can't, that? It's unhealthy, uh, like it's not sustainable. And the thing of it is, um, I can put you on any diet. Any mm-hmm. diet going to work. Like every diet essentially is going to work if it re, if it results in you cutting something out of your life. So like right. if I tell you to stop eating uh, pork, you're going to lose weight just off of that. Right. If you are a pork eater, like if you're right. just notoriously known for eating pork and I tell you stop eating the pork, you're going to lose five to 10 pounds off the rip of that. So right. any diet essentially is going to work. So when people come to me and tell me, man, I, I was on the keto and I lost 20, 30 pounds. I said that's to be expected, but the mm-hmm. keto diet is not sustainable long term. Your body naturally, it needs carbs. It needs the carbs for fuel. So you're depriving your body of the natural fuel source. So when you add them carbs back in your life, you're going to put the weight back on, which mm-hmm. is why I say it's not sustainable long term because you're right. depriving yourself of the natural fuel source of the body. And then, man, I had a client, God, now I can't even make this up. I was telling her or suggesting that she eat fruits. For like, you know, a snack or something like that, or maybe lunch. She was like, no, I can't do that because I'm on a keto diet. This is what she told me that she could have. She could either have cheese sticks, basically just cheese by itself, or she can have a burger without the bread. So just a pack. Wow. I'm like, so that's healthier than the fruits. (laughs) Right. So they got the world fair and fruits. Wow. But he, he God, that's funny you said that, God, on everything. I saw, I was, no, I was, uh, uh. A cat I work with, I believe, mm-hmm. was um, like he's, you know, he's on a. I don't know if he's like starting to try to eat healthy or whatever. But he was. I heard him talking about, um, and P, I didn't know people even thought like this about yeah. he, he not, him not wanting to eat too much fruit because of so much sugar. But the glucose that that you get from the sugar, that's not that's not bad. I mean, from the fruit, that's not bad glucose, right? Not bad. I uh, got just like <laughs> just like I asked you. Uh, how many people you know have died from a protein deficiency? I've never heard nobody dying from fruit. <laughs> yeah, from overdosing on fruit. I ain't, I've, never, I've never seen somebody say, listen, I got diabetes because I ate too many bananas. Right. All right? I never heard it. Never right. in my life. Right. I don't, that is crazy, man. Right. People straight afraid of fruits. Every what, time what do you I think a lot of this? Following it, they be like, no, nah, I can't eat that fruit. It's too, many, it's too much sugar. Mm. Too much sugar. I, I, yeah, I'd never heard that, God. I was going <laughs> to ask you, where do you think a lot of this misinformation about um, like what's healthy and what's not is actually coming from. And, and that's the crazy thing. Crazy thing that you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. that. And I tell people that's part of the reason why people like me exist because I tell people all the time, if you got a fitness goal, if you try to, if you try to achieve this goal by doing your own research and it's not your line of work, meaning you obligated to some other stuff eight to 10 hours out the day that's unrelated to like health and fitness, mm-hmm. you're going to be lost. Because mm-hmm. there's so much misinformation out here. Right. And we know why a lot of it is out here because it's, they being paid. Mm-hmm. So they being paid to misinform. You got the meat, the dairy, and the egg industry. Them some powerful industries, God. Yeah. Yeah. So they got a lot of money backing like this misinformation. 
So right. most of this misinformation that you see is because these industries out here paying for the people to be misinformed. I got a couple books that that talk about that. Like I got a book, I think it was like in 1977. I think I'm gonna like paraphrase it. I ain't gonna quote it directly, but it was like a little committee that got together and they was about to like warn the public of the dangers of consuming meat. But the meat, dairy and egg industry was like, no, nah, they ended up getting disbanded in that committee. Wow. And that those industries admitted to, uh, they admitted to saying that there really is no benefit in consuming the animal products. But they got to put this information out here because they basically making the money off of the people being being unhealthy, being sick and things of that nature. Right. So the committee was about to come together and let encourage the people to eat plant based. And they was like, nah, I got to get rid of that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know what, God? And that, that's that's kind of reminds me of even in the 70s, 70s and 80s, um, they were they were uh, they had committees that were paid to tell you that smoking cigarettes was healthy. Yeah, exactly. And they brought that up. Exactly. Exactly. Damn. So that, that kind of brings uh, a, another thought into mind. Um, why is it that most, I'm not going to say all, because I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that there's a lot, right? But yeah. why is it, especially in our community, right? We'll go to the doctor. They'll, they'd rather prescribe us medic, medication, mm-hmm. but not talk to us about health, diet, and exercise. And you know what's crazy? It's crazy that you again. I'm telling you, it's like we in tune here. Oh uh, yeah, we are God mind yeah, take mind. I was I was talking about a lot of this stuff, man. So it's right on time here, right on the money. Um, but a few books that I got that was written by some doctors that basically came into the knowledge of, of their industry, the mm-hmm. truth about their industry, the wickedness right. and all of that. And one thing they said, they said that they were not required to know much about nutrition. Mm-hmm. They were they were trained to basically spot a symptom. And then diagnose that symptom and then give you like some medication for that particular ailment or whatever it is. So if you got that headache, mm-hmm. they're going to point out that headache and they're going to give you the, the Advil for the headache. That's right. the way that they are trained. They were not trained or required to learn anything about nutrition. Dude said he took like one course on nutrition. Wow. And that was all that was required from. Him. Wow. So that, that's the reason why they, so they simply don't even know. Yeah, they lack the knowledge themselves. So at some point I realized that and I actually stopped blaming the doctor. Mm-hmm. And I started saying, all right, now it's up to us. We got to stop believing. We got to stop trusting these doctors. We make it look like the doctor's supposed to know everything. Yeah. No, the doctor don't know. The doctor only know what to give you for that headache, right. but to get, what, what to give you for that pain. That's all the doctor really is trained to know. If you find a doctor that know other than that, that's because they did their own research. Right, right. And that's it. Wow. And a lot of times they, they're only going to do what's going to keep getting them paid. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Because they gonna, they gonna like if they got licenses, licenses and things like that, mm-hmm. they gonna they gonna threaten them if, yeah. if they start trying to <laughs> yeah. do things another way. Yeah. I got plenty of books that's talking about that. Dudes was losing their licenses out here, like they couldn't practice for, for, um, promoting healthy eating. Yep, holistic wow. health. Yep, wow. they was getting the dudes had to go overseas. Wow, yeah, dudes had to go overseas. I got a book about a dude that cured about a doctor that uh cured AIDS. Now, people talk about Dr. Sebi. Now, we know he did it. He got the documents out here saying he did it. I got a whole book. Rogers, uh, what is it? It's like Rogers' uh, Fight with AIDS or something like that. I forgot mm-hmm. the actual name of the book. I read it so long ago. But, man, dude cured my man's AIDS. And he was like, once they found out what he was doing, they was threatening him. And they, and they tried to take his license. So he had to go overseas to continue practicing. Wow. Wow. You, you know, that kind of makes me think, too, like, with, you know, a lot of, we, we talk a lot about mental health. Mm-hmm. in 2020 and 2021 it's kind of like i mean you know people are starting to finally understand um that it's not just your physical body that you got to take care of right got to yeah. take care of your mind too but how much of what you eat and lack of exercise is actually affecting your mental health you know i oh, see a lot man. of people that say they're depressed but you look at what they're eating they're not having any type of you know, physical activity going on, you know what I'm saying? It's like, like, if you are, and I, and I know a lot of psychiatrists or whatever, they, like you said, they probably not studied in that, but yeah. there's so much information now that shows the link between the two. I mean, you would think that that would be something that is promoted to help you get in good mental health. Man, God. And I, I talk about this all the time. People sleep on when I was watching that Slaughterhouse documentary, one thing that I took away from it was trauma. 
man, those animals went through a lot of trauma before they were like slaughtered, man. They were fed unnatural diets. They was, man, they was packed in this un, this, this unclean space. Right. So it was trauma. So I'm like, all right, boom, we consuming that trauma. Mm. So that's resulting in a lot of this depression, a lot of this anger, a lot of this frustration, because they say you are what you eat. We mm. consume in that death. But before the death, they was traumatized. Right. They were depressed. They were separated from their they mother and mm. things of that nature. They were fed that unnatural diet. So they mm. were sick. A lot of the a lot of the animals were sick before they were killed and given to you on that plate. Mm. So you consume in all of that. You consume in that trauma. You consume in that depression. You consume mm. in that anger, that frustration that the animal was uh, feeling. Because right. these animals, they didn't get the knowledge to these animals, man. These animals have feelings. They can think and things yeah. of that nature. Yeah, so I, read a, I read a book last that. year uh, that was, I read a book last year that was kind of dealing in, you know, they were, they were looking at animal emotions and yep. um, they came to find out, like, I mean, you know, we kind of anthropomorphize everything and make it like a human, right? But yeah. they feel something and they not, and they not just these, um, uh, clueless animals that they, that don't have a clue about anything. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. And we consume it. We consume in that. That's being transferred right right to us. And right. all you got to do is look at society. Right. Look how angry. Look how traumatized we are. And look at what we consuming on a daily basis. Wow, wow. That shows and proves it right there. So I don't even really have to pull out no information. All you got to do is analyze society. Is yeah. the majority of society eating plant based? No. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and it's crazy because even. Cause like uh in, in certain neighborhoods where uh you know original people are, you can't you can't even find a a restaurant or a grocery store close by to to you know begin to um you know start that journey. You know it seems like in certain demographics they make it harder in order to you know start eating healthy. I don't want to I don't want to necessarily you, you know not dealing in any excuses right yeah, yeah but, right, right but the reality a lot of times is they make it hard for our people to even start that journey to start eating healthy because they don't even have anything close by you know yeah. and they spend billions of dollars i saw a stat the other day and i i mean i probably had an idea but i didn't know but they yeah. spend billions of dollars directly like on advertisements that are directly uh or directed at black people and black yeah. teens yeah. Uh, sugary drinks, donuts, McDonald's, like all of that stuff, right? Like it's just like directed to us, God. And it's crazy, man. The youth is getting bombarded and adults getting bombarded with these images and and, and they started getting these chemical depressions for man. unhealthy food. <laughs> you know, you're gonna get me venting because <laughs> my degrees is in marketing. Mm. So I got hip to all of this stuff in college mm. in regards to what they was doing. So they knew that if they got the baby's hook, then the parents would have to follow suit. Because mm. if your baby wants to McDonald's, guess what we finna do? We finna go, Gotta go to McDonald's as a yeah. family. Yeah, yeah. So if I get the baby's craving the McDonald's and the baby's crying for the McDonald's, then I got the whole family. Right. And the they got the playground, they got the playground in the McDonald's. Like, come on, what's that about? We already exactly. know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. And they doing that and they doing that intentionally. I learned that marketing 101. We're gonna right. get the baby's hook. So then the parents gonna have to follow suit. Right. The parents gonna have to follow suit. And then on top on, on what you were saying uh before that, mm -hmm. uh when I was working at the bank, man, I was uh dealing with this business on a dude who was like a caterer. Mm -hmm. He let me know off the rip. Now, this is something that I already knew, but him saying it just made me think about it. Like he was he was like, um, in the black neighborhoods, he was like, not only do we not have like those options, but even the quality of the food mm. is terrible. So mm. even the healthy foods mm. in the black neighborhoods, the quality is a lot lower. Wow. So you got your organic fruits and you got your fruits and veggies in a black neighborhood. They are of a lesser quality than if you go to that white neighborhood. Wow. wow. So that's crazy. So even when we think we doing what's right and exact by shopping in our own neighborhood, we still getting the lowest quality of food. Wow. And that's wow. what he, he told me that off the rip. And this is dude, like, this is what he do. He know food. Yeah. So he was like, man, I don't even go to these uh, stores in the black neighborhoods because I need good quality food. So I go to where the white folks at because they got better quality food. Right. And so God, and that's the thing, like, man, that's, that's deep. Cause you know, it's easy to, when we start talking about, you know, racism and white supremacy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's easy to point out the, 
the cases of individual racism where, you know, somebody does something, uh, let's say, you know, uh, spray paint, spray paint nigga on somebody's house, right? Like yeah. that's, that's the individual uh, racism that we all see that society tends to frown up upon, but yeah. the institutional shit like that, like, it seems like there's nobody that says anything about it because the institution is not going, it's not going to um, check itself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you start speaking, what I've learned, you'd have been friends with me on Facebook for a minute. Yeah. What I've learned is every time I start speaking about institutional racism, uh, a lot of a lot of things get said. They start calling me racist. That's that reverse racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they start blaming me for keeping racism alive because I'm speaking about institutional <laughs> racism. Right. Right. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah, God, it's crazy. It's it's crazy. Like you you call out racism, right? And then you become the racist for calling out racism. Yep, all the time. Never fails, man. I could go do it right now. Somebody gonna inbox me and say, "Man, that's racist." And, and the crazy part is, it don't be coming from it don't become coming from the colored folks. It comes mm. from the our our people. Right, right. <laughs> they be calling me racist. I get called racist by more like by my people more so mm. than anybody else. Mm. These Even color, I didn't have conversations with color folks, and they be admitting to some of the stuff that I be saying being true. Oh yeah, because they know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they know it, God. I, I kind of want to um jump back on the uh, health and fitness side. Um, yeah, and so um you know when it comes to losing weight, right? Because that's a big thing. You know, uh -huh. there's a there's a lot of uh, you know people who are aren't happy with you know uh, um, their weight and they want to do something about it, but they you know. Like you said, work eight to ten hours. Have yeah. um, they have children or families? Um, and you know, we just in a system to where like it's it, we're we're really busy people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what makes losing weight like for people like in their thirties and forties like so challenging? You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are struggling with it. I mean. Is it a mental thing? Is it the is it the drive? Like, what do you what do you think? What do you think is it makes it so challenging for a lot of people? See, God, at first, I used to be of the impression that it was solely a mental thing. Mm -hmm. Now, that do that does play uh, an important role mm -hmm. in losing the weight, but I felt like that was just ignorant on my end because I've never been in a situation where I actually had to lose an enormous amount of weight. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of factors in play. Um, mm -hmm. for one. Like the, the stuff that they putting into the food. It's an addiction. Right. Just like we talk about a crackhead. Man, mm. you addicted to that cheese. You yeah. addicted to that meat. You addicted to that though, that artificial sugar. You addicted to it. So mm. literally, when it comes time to lose weight, you gotta break addictions. Mm. And that's and that's hard. That's hard mm. for anybody. That's hard. Mm. For, if I told if, if if cheese was your thing right now, and I said, all right, the thing that's holding you back is this cheese, like you ain't gonna be able to stop eating that cheese overnight. Right. You're going to go through withdrawal symptoms and they're not going to feel good, man. You're going to mm. relapse. You're going to do all of that. Mm. So, man, it's a lot that you got to factor in when it comes to losing weight. And that's why I that's why I preach, not preach. I don't like that word. Teach. Mm. <laughs> that's right. why I teach patience mm. when it comes to uh, losing weight, because it took you a minute to get the weight on. Mm. So you got to be patient with yourself to lose that weight. But you got to break addictions, man. You got to form new habits. And that type of stuff is complicated. That type of stuff is complicated. It's part mental, but then it's part just analyzing like your daily routine. Things that you kind of do unconsciously and you're not even thinking about. You got to break those habits. Mm. You got to break stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's a lot of different factors. A lot can, of different factors. So can somebody actually get withdrawal symptoms like they were uh, uh, quitting a drug whenever they uh, start to quit, you know, processed sugar and, and all of that type of shit? I ain't even like when I when I made my transition, I was sick. Man, mm. I was <laughs> I was sick for like almost a month. Wow. Because when your body cleansing itself, man, you releasing all the toxins. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna feel horrible. That's why I tell people when they fast, I'm a big proponent and big advocate of fasting. Mm -hmm. When you start fasting, I tell everybody, listen, you're gonna feel terrible maybe mm -hmm. the first three days, depending on how long you're doing it. So mm -hmm. I say you may feel terrible. You may feel weak. You may feel fatigued, like you finna just faint, die. But that's not what's about mm -hmm. to happen. Those are the toxins leaving the body. Mm -hmm. So true indeed, you definitely gonna have a lot of withdrawal symptoms depending on what it is that you're giving up. Mm -hmm. So like if you was eating cheese every day and you trying to get yourself off of the cheese and you go cold turkey, you're going to experience some negative symptoms. That's why a lot of people go back to the right. cheese, go back to the meat because they feel like the reason why they're feeling weak is because mm -hmm. they let go of the cheese and meat. Ah. So that's the trick. That's the trick. Your mind ah. playing a trick on you. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah that's why I say it's, it's a dangerous game. That's why a lot of people fold. A lot of people be like, oh, I tried to go vegan. It ain't work. Mm-hmm. because they went vegan for like a week or two, maybe a month, and they was experiencing those withdrawal symptoms that are normal. Mm-hmm. But you got to right. go through that. You got to go, you got to, uh, like we said, you got to destroy in order to build. Right, indeed. Yeah. So, so, wow. Okay, God, yeah, that's, <laughs> damn, that's deep, God. Yeah. And, like, just makes me think, like, let's say processed sugar, right? Mm-hmm. And people that are, striving to get healthy but like you said they haven't um they don't necessarily have a degree or any just like you know long um uh they don't have they haven't been studying health and nutrition for a while yeah they start looking at the label mm-hmm. they hiding the sugar it's like oh, yeah. three different names for sugar yeah, man listen you about to again here we go <laughs> all right it's few different things few uh different things in regards to the criteria that they tell people to look for mm-hmm. i think it's like if they got more than four ingredients on that joint stay away from it wow. if you got some names on that joint that you can't pronounce stay mm-hmm. away from it <laughs> right right right, right. some right. people say if it's packaged stay away from it and <laughs> right. that's pretty much what i'm aiming for i'm actually aiming to go about 80 90 raw that's gonna be my next move because wow. man like you said it's a lot of hidden sugar in a lot even when people be drinking those fruit drinks Mm-hmm. Like those little store-bought smoothies, yeah. They lace them joints with all type of sugar, right? And people so they, be like, "Oh, so I'm you doing it. smoothie." I, I tell them, "Look at the back. Mm-hmm. Look at the added sugar. That's mm-hmm. the that's what you need to pay attention to. The added sugar, right, right, right." And that joint be crazy. Wow. Yeah. And, and so yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of ill that you said that because at one time I I had a spot that I was going to that um, it was a smoothie spot, right, and. Mm-hmm. I had to, and eventually, though, I was like, man, these joints is kind of sweet, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I look, look at the, but you're right, though. It, they laced with sugar, man. They yeah. laced with sugar. And it really ain't no different between some of these uh, store-bought smoothies and a cup of coffee, man, like with a whole bunch of sugar in. Man, you ain't never lie. And that's one thing they doing, too. See, we got we to gotta realize the agenda out here. So this mm-hmm. is what's happening now. They starting to uh they starting to play on the whole plant-based movement. Mm-hmm. So what do I mean by that? You got a lot of things out here labeled plant-based and vegan, non-GMO, that ain't necessarily healthy. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to capitalize off of the plant-based movement because it is a movement now with the whole virus out here. People trying to watch what they eat a little bit. Right. So when people see things like natural, organic, plant-based, non-GMO, they think they're doing something. Look at the back of that joint. They got all type of bad ingredients on there, but they using those labels to make money off people once again. So we got to be mindful of that too. How how are they allowed to to use these labels if if it's not true? Because I, I I see one I see one trick that they're doing. Those yeah. same labels they'll have a it'll be green it'll be a green label. And so psychology so psychologically you think you picking up something. Oh, this is the healthy chicken right here. But it's yeah, probably the yeah. same chicken that's in other in the other package. Yeah, and like I said, go back to that money. Right. With a little bit of money, you can hide anything. Right, right. You can right. hide anything. You can oh. you can hide anything. And uh, a lot of like I, I said, a lot of people think that simply because something is non-GMO don't necessarily make it healthy. Man, you can you can find some <laughs> different type of ingredients, mesh them together, and then make it like unhealthy. Right, right, right. Buy, you can buy. Listen, you can buy certain fruits and vegetables. You have made it toxic now. Mm. So mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that. Now, the fruits and vegetables independently are not bad. But when you combine a lot of them, mm-hmm. you get, that's defeating the purpose. Right. So and a lot of people don't understand that. Like with combinations, you combine certain elements, they become destructive. Yeah. But by themselves, isolated, they beneficial for you. So right. they doing things like that, man. And they use the term science and all of that, man. So they done took the word science and all that and they running with it. Right. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. A lot, and a lot of us aren't privy to that science. So yeah. even you know, striving to do better, you know, bad decisions get made and you don't see the results that you want to, that you want to see. Yeah. And, um, and that becomes a, uh, that becomes depressing for a lot of people that again, yeah. that's why I say, that's why people like such people like myself exist because right. it's like a lot of people be thinking they doing something, they may get something and they be like, it's fat free. And mm-hmm. then I got to drop the jewel on them. I'm like, man, fat free don't necessarily mean healthy. Right. Um, so that's why it's it's the duty of people like myself, man, that come across this information to keep spreading it because mm-hmm. it's a lot like all trainers ain't created equally. It's a right. lot of trainers that's going to most trainers going to mm-hmm. tell you to do other than what I'm telling you. They're going right. to tell you to eat the meat. They're going to tell you that you need the protein, this, that and the third. Right. 
Right. Even some dietitians and nutritionists, they gonna tell you to do the total opposite of what I'm saying. So it's only a select few, as we say, the five, it's only 5% within this industry mm -hmm. that's gonna actually tell you, hey, you don't need to be eating all that type of nonsense. Right. But meanwhile, it's gonna be a whole 85, 10% within the same industry telling you to eat all the bad stuff. Right. And the people that follow them are gonna be easily led in the wrong direction. Exactly. And that'd be part of the problem that I face. So mm -hmm. me being a trainer, it's like I'm going up against a person that got a nutritionist and a doctor. And that mm -hmm. nutrition and, and that nutritionist and a doctor telling them to eat one way, mm -hmm. and they feel like the nutritionist and the doctor, they feel like they have they more prestigious than the trainer. Right. So I'm up against a doctor and a nutritionist, and I'm losing. So right. it's like, we got a we got a lot of work to do in regards to just like changing our eating habits. <laughs> and you were and you were building on before the fact that a lot of these doctors they might be telling them this, but they not studied in in diet and nutrition. So that yeah. makes it even that makes it even worse. Yep. And you know what's crazy? I forgot to say the one the uh doctor that suggested that my client eat the um the cheese sticks and then the what is it, patty list burger. Mm -hmm. She was overweight and obese. Wow, wow. Um, like, see what I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> not to even, you know, not to even talk bad about it, but it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm not why are you giving me this advice? You you ain't even taking care of yourself. Right, right, you know? right, right. <laughs> That's crazy, dog. Yeah. So like all right, so people that are trying to lose weight right um mm -hmm. or not even just people that are losing weight all right yeah. people that have a, a health and fitness goal whether mm -hmm. it's to lose weight to gain weight gain muscle um how is it important to keep track of like your calorie intake oh i see i don't even do i don't even keep track of you, see, when you when you eat when you eat clean when you eat plant-based when you eat mm -hmm. see plant-based is the correct term because that mm -hmm. that make like vegan like i said there's a lot of things that's labeled vegan that ain't necessarily healthy you could be a junk food vegan but right. when you eat plant-based when you eating your fruits and your veggies man you can go hard on those you ain't really gotta count your calories so mm -hmm. i'm not even i have never counted calories wow i have never been overweight obese and i i eat a lot right right i go in but i eat you know the uh Calorie, uh, calorie dense foods. So mm -hmm. the foods that I eat, it would take, I would have to eat a lot of those foods for me to like become obese and overweight. Right, right. Wow. You know, that's, that's, that's very interesting, God, because, you know, that the other side of the industry, the tells you that it's uh, imperative and it's a must to count your calories um, in order to lose weight or gain muscle. Like they have these whole workout plans that are pretty much based on uh calorie intake like have you have you seen though oh i've seen a lot of a lot of people come to me uh asking me about counting calories and a lot of that type of stuff like i said they they being paid they making money off of that nonsense you do not have to count calories especially when you eating clean when you mm. eat the way that you're supposed to be eating that's wow. the last thing you need to do is be counting calories for one that adds another level of stress right 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 it does right. And that's very unhealthy. You worrying mm. about trying to consume 2,500 calories, man. You stressing yourself out. And you're yeah. going to start eating a lot of foods that's like really unnecessary trying to reach that caloric goal. Right, right, right. Yeah, wow, so I'm going to myself with it. So, and so nowadays, you know, with everything being about a dollar, everybody trying to make a book, um, we see a lot of uh, products on the market. And a lot of them are specifically marketed to women where it's like a weight loss powder or a weight loss pill. Like, have you had any clients that were, were you know, taking them before? And like, what are your thoughts on those kind of, on those kind of things? Man, listen, to all my, to all my women out here, they are making money, money. off of women. Waist mm -hmm. trainers. I mean, anything you name, mm -hmm. they selling it to women out here, man. They are preying on the women. They making a lot of money uh, off of women when it comes to the fitness industry. And uh, I'd have had a few of them on some of those pills and the side effects for those pills be terrible, like insomnia, depression, suicidal thoughts, little wow. things like that actually wow. be the side effects of some <laughs> wow. of these pills out here. Mm -hmm. So it's well, like, why would you, why would you be on that? I don't right. recommend any of that type of nonsense, man. I try to get my clients off of those pills instantly. Right. Those pills are destructive. What are those, what are those pills actually doing for them to say that it can help you, like, you know, lose weight or burn fat. It suppresses the appetite mm. for the most part. Mm. So you're eating less, essentially, which is actually counterproductive to reduce your calories. A lot of people don't understand that, too. But that's, for the most part, what they're supposed to do. Suppress can you, the, uh, can you appetite. build on that real quick as far as why, in a lot of cases, it's uh, counterproductive to starve yourself? Because you see a lot of people that are, 
you know, that they feel like, okay, I want I have a weight loss goal, so mm-hmm. I'm just not going to eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's a real thing. Like, yeah. why, why is that counterproductive? Yeah, and see, and here it go. And a lot of people don't understand it. So even back to the calorie counting, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't count calories, but I can use this for this example. So mm-hmm. let's just say you was counting your calories and let's say you was at 2000 calories a day was your norm. That's what you normally was consuming. Mm-hmm. And let's say, all right, I'm trying to lose weight. And you cut it in half and say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat 1,000 calories a day. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what's about to happen. So you cut it in half, you got to 1,000, guess what? You're going to lose about 10, 15 pounds, boom, because you cut the calories and you probably started exercising, moving more. Mm-hmm. Now, the body is all wise and intelligent, all wise and exact. It's mm-hmm. going to adapt and adjust to, mm-hmm. to the reduction in calories. So a lot of people that reduce the calorie, guess what? They start getting cold because you got to reduce the body heat because now your body is adapting and adjusting to burn it to burn it less right so when your body adapts and adjusts to the uh reduction in calories then you're gonna hit that wall then you're gonna start either putting that weight back on or you're gonna stay exactly where you at so it's actually better it's better to actually fast for like 24 hours opposed to doing like one meal a day Mm. so it's actually better to go just full water no food opposed Mm. to less meals right so if so, you need to lose weight, it's better to go no meals, all water, opposed to like, I'm just going to eat one meal a day. Right. That's going to work up to a certain point. Then you're going to end up hitting that wall. So it's best to actually fast 24 hours with water. So all right, so you said you fast a lot. Is it a is it like an intermittent fast or like how often do you fast? And usually like how long is the fast? Yeah, for the, for the most part, when I do it, I try to go 24 hours, but I got different goals too, though. Um. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I'd be trying to bulk up, put on more yeah. muscle. So if I, so do how does that, how, how does fasting help? How does fasting help? Yeah, put on muscle? I'm glad you asked that. One of the benefits of fasting, a lot of people don't know that it actually preserves your lean muscle mass. So it actually makes you more lean. Mm. So if you looking like if you bodybuilding mm-hmm. or if you lifting like I lift and you trying to like be shredded, you know mm-hmm. that shredded Bruce Lee look, right? Fasting for t- like fat, like twenty four hour water fast will actually help you with that. It actually preserves the lean muscle mass. Right. So right. it actually helps with that. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people think if they fast twenty four hours, they're gonna lose muscle. Yeah. No, it's gonna preserve the muscle. Mm. So you gonna come away actually more shredded when you mm. do it properly. Right. So that's one reason why I will fast. Then secondly, if I do fast, I may do like smoothies or something like that, mm. meaning I'm still getting some calories in. Right. But I'm just getting them in a more healthier fashion. Now, now. Um, I'm pretty sure it's kind of second nature to you now to fast, but in the beginning, was it tough to be like, yo, man, you know, like, like what, like when your mind starts telling you, hey, man, I'm hungry, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a lot of people, they, they may want to intermittent fast, but you know, um, that those first initial fast, yeah. you know, kind of set a tone to where, you know, the, the mind, the whole mind over matter thing, you know what I mean? To where like, like it gets a little bit better like once you continue to do it like but did you in the beginning you know have like those thoughts like hey man this is kind of tough I don't necessarily want to do it or were you just like supremely focused on the goal and and was able to do it without no problem man god I ain't gonna lie now when we was talking about stuff being mental fasting Mm -hmm. is a thousand percent mental Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) for the most part um when I first started uh, fasting, when I first started coming into all this information, a lot of it was trial and error. Mm-hmm. I ain't know nothing about intermittent fasting when I actually first started fasting. Wow. I was just reading about extended fast. So mm-hmm. I was reading about the people that fast for three to five to seven days and stuff like that. So my first fast, my first time fasting, I was trying to go for like three days. Right. Just water. Right. Man, I that was that was rough. Right. <laughs> Right. Anyway, every time I was fasting, I would do extended fast. So I fast three days, five days, seven days. Oh, mm. uh, the more I did it, like you said, the easier it became. But in the beginning, man, it, mm. it was rough. It was a struggle. Right. All those withdrawal symptoms that I mentioned, I experienced them all. Right. Now, do you do any running? Um, or you know, like you know, road work as a as a boxer would say, like, um, do you recommend that for you know people who are getting in shape as well? Yeah, that <laughs> now I hate the treadmill um mm. when i run I, man for mm. one it's bad on the knees mm. because it's just like you just on that same little surface and mm. that is essentially wearing down your knee so mm. when i run i like to go outside with it for one mm. getting that vitamin d you activating that vitamin d we need that sunlight mm-hmm. and it's just better it's just better on my uh better on my knees when i run outside right. so i would prefer to run outside other than that i'm doing like i'm jumping rope i'm mm. doing like hit 
interval training and things of that nature. Because like I said, I'm not really too fond of uh, the, <laughs> the treadmill. So if I can't get outside, I'm doing circuit training and I'm jumping rope for my cardio. But cardio is definitely important. The heart is a muscle. Mm, wow. so you lose it and it becomes weak. And wow. again, we know heart disease. Uh, I think COVID didn't surpass it, but that's been the number one killer for people for how long? I can't long even time. remember. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta you gotta work exercise that heart. What is so? What is hit uh, as far as interval training? Like what what what? What's the science behind that? Oh yeah, that's basically just high intensity training. So it's just like, let's say I'm gonna do five or six exercises. It could either be body weight or it can involve weights. However you want to get down. You would do these exercises back to back to back to back with no rest in between, either for a set amount of time or for a certain amount of reps. Then you rest after the circuit is complete. Mm -hmm. Then it's a lot of different ways that people tweak it. It's something called like Tabata where you would do an exercise 20 seconds, rest 10 seconds and complete that. I mean, uh, continue that up until about four minutes. Mm. it's like little things like that man so it's real intense so it's basically like a short workout but it's intense a lot of right. movement a lot of motion okay no rest little with rest it, with it being short and having with it being short workouts but real intense mm -hmm. what is that doing for your body and how is that helping oh man that's giving that cardio effect uh -huh. that cardio effect opposed mm. to like the steady state and then it's also helping you burn more calories while you are resting Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why I don't like the treadmill. The mm -hmm. treadmill, you only burning the calories while you are running on the treadmill. As soon as you get off, you're done burning. Mm -hmm. When you do high-intensity interval training or when you lift weights and do strength training, you burning when you're resting, when you're sleeping. Mm -hmm. So when you get off think, that treadmill... I don't think a lot of people know that, God. Exactly. Yeah, they don't. They don't. So that's why you see a lot of people, they take pictures of uh, the treadmill number, say, I burned 500 calories. Mm -hmm. Guess what? That's all you found to burn. Right, right. When I lift, I may have burned 300 during that workout, but I'm still burning throughout the day. Mm. So a so lot. Why, of people so what is it? So how how does that what like how does that work? You know what I mean? Like to whenever you're done working out, but your body is still burning calories. You know what I mean? It, because it doesn't, because, like, of, the work, because mm. of the stress that you placed upon the muscle, you mm. damage that muscle. So it's got to put in the work to kind of repair the damage. Right, right. And that's exactly why you continuing to burn those calories. Because right. you put your body through something that was intense and it wasn't ready for it. So right. now it's got to repair the damage. Right. Wow. And that's why your body burning. That's the science behind that. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt, God. Um, so I know you uh I'm gonna switch gears for a minute, God. I know yeah. you um you're author as well, God. If you can um build about like what is inspired you to, you know, pick up the pen and start writing. And also tell me about the books that you wrote, you know what I mean? For anybody that is interested, because, you know, this, you're definitely a powerful brother, man, with great insight. You know what I mean? What inspired oh, yes, you to pick that pen up? Well, I always, like, I always was into music, so I was always rapping and things mm. like that. And I was rapping all the way back in, like, fifth grade. Mm. So I had always been, like, a rapper, been into poetry and things like that. So I always was into writing. Right. What inspired me to get into writing the books, it was basically the people. As uh, the Black Panthers say, power to the people. <laughs> it was right, all right. power in the people at that point, man. I was getting on Facebook just expressing my sentiments, um, like my thoughts, all the books that I was reading, man. So I just expressed my thoughts. And a lot of people started liking what I was posting. And a mm -hmm. lot of people started suggesting, like, hey, man, you need to take all this and write a book. Mm -hmm. And this was like maybe 09, 2010. Mm -hmm. And I wrote my first book like five years after that fact. So I was procrastinating, man. But people mm -hmm. have been telling me that I should do that. Mm. And I always, I always wanted to do it, but I just didn't know how to go about it. So I mm. started doing the knowledge to it, and I realized that it was actually quite simple to like self-publish a book. Mm. And once I got those jewels, man, I just ran with it. And I, what I got, I got about three books that's out. Wow. Yeah, I got three books. Inner Mass. That's that revolves around this whole. I call it the pandemic, but that's a whole nother topic here. But that's right, just right. basically how to keep your immune system healthy during this particular situation. Mm -hmm. That's what that book is about. That's on Amazon. Then another book, Energy, that's more like a self-help book. Then the mm -hmm. first book was like Living uh, While Black in America. Yeah. That title yeah. speaks for itself. Right, right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's peace, God. Um, you know, I think that, I mean, that's inspiring because, um, like you said, it five years later you know you you started writing but yeah. to a lot of times people man they had these great things inside them right but they don't they don't follow through with it you know what i mean and and uh, be able to follow through and give it to the people and the people 
benefit from it. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the powerful thing because you never know who's reading that, what you, what kind of thoughts you're inspiring with mm-hmm. them um, and what they'll go on to do with the knowledge that you, that you gave them. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that's part of my duty, man, to teach those that don't know. Right. Where is bond, God? Yeah. That is the duty. Yeah. And yeah, I just wanted to tell you, God, I, I definitely um appreciate you for coming on the show. Um, it was a powerful bill. Um, I definitely want to have you come back. You know what I mean? And because there's a lot to, you know, there's a, I mean, there's the world's always changing. Science is always being updated. You know what I mean? And 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 you're definitely um definitely on point, God. So I just want to tell you, I appreciate you for coming through. For everybody that um that that is just now being introduced to you. How can they uh, find your books? How can they find you on um, social media and promote your business as far as um, uh, you being a, a fitness trainer? Oh, no doubt. Oh, man, you can find me a lot of different ways on Instagram, Almighty Vegan. Mm. Uh, or you could just type in the government name, Eric Bell. You know, Facebook forced me to use my government name. So I right. got to use the government name on a lot of platforms now. You know how that go. Yeah. So you could type in Eric Bell and find me on Facebook and Instagram. Then when you find me on Instagram, it's Almighty Vegan. Even on YouTube, it's Eric Bell. So you should be able to find me on YouTube. Um, as far as like my business and what I'm doing there, I'm about to start. I'm working on uh, offering virtual training courses. Mm. Uh, so that's going to be coming in the future. And I got a website. It's called AlmightyFitNation.com. I'm working. I, I'm working on the, you know some little kinks on it, but I still got it up for the most part for the people to see. And I got like a um. Let me see if I got the powder. I got like an immune boosting powder right here. I don't know if oh. you see it, but yeah, this is a powder that helps with the immune system, and that's on the website along with the books. And I got like hoodies and tank tops and stuff like that. So the movement is real. So you can go on AlmightyFitNation.com. That's the website and find the immune immune boosting powder. Mm-hmm. And you can find the gear, uh, my book, Inner Mass, that's on Amazon. My other books, you would have to hit me up personally because I took them down from uh, Amazon. But that Inner Mask, all you got to do is type in Eric Bell, Inner Mask, mm-hmm. book, and then you should be able to find it. It's only $5.99. Already, God. Well, like I said, man, I appreciate you, God. I definitely uh, want to have you back on, you know, continue to build. A build never ends, you know what I mean? Hey, never ends. Build never is build, ends. as they say. <laughs> no doubt, God. Peace to the God. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, God. No doubt. All right, peace, God. Peace. Yes, sir.